Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. We are here in Charlotte at InvestNet's Advisor Summit with Danny Faba, who's the head of strategic development at InvestNet. Hello. Hello. It's so good to be here. Thank you. Let's talk about personal finance. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing with personal finance out there? So personal finance is really changing because of technology right now. And one of the things that's happening is it's becoming ubiquitous. So personal finance is everywhere. We are so connected. We are so connected to easy decisions, easy shopping decisions, spending decisions, and it's everywhere. And so personal finance is really becoming a part of every micro moment of our lives because we are so connected mobily. Isn't that a scary thing for everybody? (laughs) It could be a scary thing for everybody. I guess it depends on where we go next. Is it a generational thing? Are you seeing differences in age groups and nationalities and all that stuff? Or is it universal? Yeah, so I'll talk about one of the specific problems that I'm seeing in the industry right now in terms of ease of access, right? And and ease of access generally sounds like a really good thing. And in, in most ways, it is a really good thing. But then when we have something like a buy now, pay later product, right? And what those are, are point of sale lending options that are easily accessible, um, easily connected to checkout, but very disconnected from the rest of your personal financial life, right? So you can take this loan without any understanding of how that impacts your personal finance picture. And so to your specific question, is it generational? Yes, I think it's been proven that many more young people are engaging in these buy now, pay later loans. They've actually become somewhat of a phenomenon on TikTok, right? So there's people out there making jokes like, oh, I got it with Afterpay. So it was basically free. (laughs) And it's kind of become like this pop culture joke, but amongst this younger generation. And I read a stat yesterday that said in the BIPOC community, it's actually utilized a lot heavier versus white Americans. So I do think it's a generational and race-based problem. Um, perhaps just because of the ease of access and the kind of the viral nature of of these products. And I'm worried, I'm worried about those products that they're going to cause um, a consumer debt crisis and in a you know cohort of people that we really want to see build financial wellness. Personalization is the buzzword right now in in financial services. And it's, it's such a broad term. What does that word mean to you? Yeah, personalization is kind of a buzzword. We hear it all the time. Um, I think people are just kind of pasting it on headlines. What does it really mean? So personalization to me means getting offers and service that's really tailored to my preferences, to my beliefs, and to kind of me as a person, I think that we will see personalization in financial services eventually. Um, I don't think we're there, quite there yet. 
The really cool thing, though, is a company like InvestNet has the data to get there and we're using it to start creating this personalization. So we can see your spending habits, for example, and we can give insights about your spending habits versus your peers. And then theoretically, we can start to give you personalized offers and ideas and insights related to your specific behavior that will really help you build a better financial picture. Is it, are we getting to the space where it can be going too far? Like I search Google for the word trademark and then on my Instagram, I get ads for trademark, which is great and annoying at the same time. Why do you think it's annoying? I think it's great. Because they know too much about what I'm doing at all times. That's why it's annoying. <laughs> I think this, um, I don't find it annoying. I kind of love it. I don't want noise, right? I want everything that I see because time is precious. My time is valuable, right? And when I'm looking at my screen or I'm taking something in, I don't want it to be irrelevant. I want it to be as relevant as possible all the time so that I'm maximizing the time that I spend. So I actually enjoy getting personalized offers and I, I know that my phone is listening to me. People are still in denial. Yes, your phone is listening to you. Yes, you're going to get personalized ads based on something you just said to your friend. But I actually find that kind of cool. <laughs> okay, let's talk about investment. Tell us briefly about embedded finance and why you're focusing on this trend. So embedded finance, if I could just define it first, it is taking traditional financial services capabilities and putting it inside of consumer apps. So think about having an investing or a savings capability at checkout instead of having a lending capability easy to access. You might have a savings capability, right? Y'all see um, charitable roundups at checkout, which we engage in quite often. What if we had also personal savings roundups at checkout? That's an embedded savings tool, which could really benefit people's financial health. So I love the concept of embedded finance, which is just taking all of these things and making them available throughout your everyday life where you're already spending your time. What are the opportunities to grow this technology? Well, InvestNet is, is just about to launch an embedded investing tool, which is access, easy access inside of any app to professionally managed investing through thematic tilted portfolios. And the way I view it is I think this is the way, the smart way to get new investors into the market in a really healthy, financially well manner. So once we put this solution out there where people are spending the bulk of their time, I really believe that it can help solve the retirement crisis in America. There's only 60 million people in this country who have a 401k. We need to grow that number of people who are saving and investing for their retirement. And once we put this investing capability in places where people can easily access it, that's the biggest opportunity for it to grow and the biggest opportunity to create financial wellness for more people. This week, we're hearing about the intelligent financial life. 
what role does embedded finance have in that? And the intelligent financial life really has to do with bringing all of your financial decisions together in one place, right? It's being able to see everything in one place and to be able to make the best next decision with the next dollar or the best next decision for you personally in your financial journey. So embedded finance now, when we can put things real close to where you're spending all of your time, actually the first thing might be that you have more money sprinkled across more places, right? That's the first thing that might happen. That's already happening. You've got debt sprinkled in more places, thanks to buy now, pay later. And that's an embedded finance tool, believe it or not. So the intelligent financial life will take all of those embedded financial experiences and bring them together, helping you make sense of all of these accounts that you are going to inevitably have all over the place, right? So it will put it all together for you in one place and help you really understand your asset versus debt picture and help you really understand what you need to do next using that data insight and future personalization. We'll be able to put it all in one intelligent financial life, which is really exciting. Did you grow up being this much of a strategic thinker and so accepting of technology? (laughs) So funny you ask. I actually have um, a story about how my career in financial services first started, which is sort of a really points directly to what I'm doing today. And it, the story is that when I was in college, I, I had my daughter very young, and I got a I got a job right out of college at a investment manager. My job was to come in early, print out reports, and put them on all the traders' desks. And I didn't want to come in so early because I had to drop off my daughter at daycare. And so I figured out how to code and I figured out how to code these reports to run on their own and sent and be sent to the printer. And it was my little way of solving a real problem with technology. Turns out the company that I coded into called me on the phone and I thought, oh, God, I'm in trouble. I did something real wrong here. <laughs> and they asked me, hey, did you did you code into our system and do this thing? And I said, yeah, yeah, it was me. <laughs> and, and they said, well, if you figured out how to code in this platform and you kind of, you know, maybe you should come work for us. <laughs> and that's how I got my first job in wealth tech. And it's kind of a straight line really around how I see these problems in the world around finance, around investing, and, and I think technology um, will solve them. If, if used correctly and if put in the right hands, technology will solve these problems. You found your playground. I did. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. Danny, thanks so much for being with us today. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard. This is Doug Heikinen.